Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. So excited about this series. And today is actually our last message focusing on our private life, which is reflective of our personal root system. Remember, like a tree, every person should have a part of their life that is is sort of like below ground. No one sees it, but we understand that for a tree it is vitally important. And how many know that your relationship with God and my relationship with God, below ground that no one sees, is vitally important to every life? How many would say amen? Amen. And so we are are so glad to be walking through um, this process and this teaching because we want everyone to grow and to be like a tree. So let's begin, first of all, with some of the key verses of this psalm. I hope you're memorizing it next week. I'm going to just pick you out randomly. No, not just kidding. There'll be nobody in the church next week, right? Just kidding. All right. And so... Here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, everyone read this with me, he meditates day and night. See, in a way, that's why we want to, uh, we're so excited about the app, and, and I hope you have the Bible on your phone we recognize that this is a new day and we need to take advantage of all of the opportunities that we have to have the word of God near to us because there's incredible blessing that comes. Here's what the Bible says. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. In all that he does, he prospers. And I'm believing as we end this fast, I believe that God is going to launch us into blessing and strength and fruitfulness and prosperity for his glory in 2018. How many would say amen? Come on, let's thank God for that. Blessed be the name of the Lord for his beautiful promise. And we've been talking about the fact that the root system of a tree does a variety of things. If we can go ahead and put up the next slide. And this is what we've been walking through. First of all, your root system is supposed to anchor you. And we anchor by going to Jesus as Lord, as Master, as King, and by making his word the bedrock and foundation of our lives. Then secondly, we also allow for the will of God to be that which is our fuel and that which feeds and energizes our lives. A lot of people are fueled by different things, but we are fueled by bringing glory and honor and praise to Jesus with our lives. We want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. We learned last week that in order for the will of God to take place, then God has to guide every step of the way, every step of our growth. He has to guide us from the private place into the public place. He grows branches that he wants us to bear fruit in. It's a very guided process where the Lord channels his energy. It's not misdirected energy. It's Holy Spirit-directed energy in our lives so that we could bear fruit for his glory. 
And now today, we're going to talk about the last thing that a tree's root system does and that our root system has to do. Let's talk about it first from the perspective of a tree. So a tree does all of these things, but in addition to that, what a tree's root system is responsible for is to keep the tree growing. Everyone say, keep growing. The, the root system of a tree, it continues to grow. It, what it basically does, it keeps reaching out for more life, more nutrients, more water. And can I, can I say this to everyone here? In the long run, in the long run, today's message is probably the most important. If you're older in the Lord, can I tell you today's message is probably the most important because it's God's will that everyone here continues to grow. It's great that you grew last year, but how many know God has more for us in 2018? Amen? And so this is a very, very important thing for us to understand. Trees, when they run out of water or the soil is getting kind of dried up, what they do, their roots is they grow more so until they get fresh water. They just keep growing until they get more, and that's God's will for our lives. Now, this essentially is a process that the tree goes through. It's a process of self-renewal. And in one of our kind of reference guides, we had a, a few, but one of our core reference books was a book by Colin Tudge uh, called The Tree. And um, he, he, there's an, a unique and interesting quote here. Let me, let me tell you how he puts this this process of self-renewal. He says, this constant self-renewal powered by an endless intake of energy is called metabolism. Metabolism is the basic business of staying alive. It is half of what living things do. The other half is reproduction. Now, when the Bible talks about the tree constantly metabolizing, everyone here understands this. Because the moment a baby is born, the baby wants to be fed. And when the baby is fed, he's metabolizing that food into energy that helps them to grow. And we just keep every day, we're taking in food and we're metabolizing that food so that we could have energy for life, so that we could have energy to do the things that we have to do. We fully understand this. I believe that after the fast has been broken, some of us are going to be metabolizing the wrong things. Too many. Don't, don't eat too much ice cream. I'm telling you, you're going to end up with quite a, quite a stomach ache. I just, I had a couple of random, I didn't have sweets, and I would just have random thoughts of cupcakes during the fast, you know? We are constantly taking in energy, food, and it's metabolized. That's why, that's what we do. And brothers and sisters, it's the same for our spirit life. How many know we have to keep going? Put the tree back for a minute. Could you put the tree back? I'm sorry to throw you guys off. We have to keep going to the private place and be in the presence of God and receive the energy of God, the living water of God, the nutrients of God, the will of God, all of the things that God happen, ha offers to us. We have to keep receiving in the private, private place day after day, okay? Month after month, year after year. It never ends. God will always supply fresh grace. 
to his people. We can't stop growing because that's, as we spend time in his presence, he transforms us and he grows us for his glory. Amen? Now, what I want to do here is, is uh, show you the cross section of a church, if, of, a, of a church, of a tree. If you cut a tree, if you, if you cut a tree in half, when you really look down on it, you see all of these rings. Now, many people know that these rings actually represent the years of the life of the tree. Now, what many people don't know, and this is crucial to today's message, what many people don't know is that those rings are, are, are the result of a very important process of self-renewal for the tree. So all trees right under the bark, they have this layer. It's called the cambium layer. It is a very soft membrane. And it runs throughout the entire tree. And then throughout the course of the year, that membrane starts to get harder and harder and harder, and then at a certain point it hardens and it becomes one of those rings, and then there's through the process of self-renewal, a new soft membrane grows. And so this is always going on inside of a tree. There's a hard, there, there's a soft that then becomes hard. It's soft and then it becomes hard. Soft to hard, tender to sturdy. And today what I want to talk to you about is our spiritual ring. The spiritual ring, so to speak, of your life and mine. And it's in a, in a lot of ways, it's the same way. Now, before I get into that, how many would agree that when God says that we should be like a tree, it means that we should grow every year too? How many want to grow every single year that God gives you life? And it should be noticeable and visible just like this tree. It should be part of, uh, uh, of, of, of who we are. And so now this process is a very powerful example of how we grow. And, and growth takes place in a very similar way for the Christian. You see, we have to start, there has to be a part of us that is like the cambium layer that is really soft. Everyone say soft. You see? Because when we're soft, then we're malleable and moldable. And then over time, God puts, he, he grows new things inside of us which become hard and make us stronger. And then once we become strong, then he does it again. And so when we're talking about growth, growth, growth is the process of soft hearts being constantly shaped throughout the year to form a stronger faith, love for God, and capacity for fruitfulness. Okay? It's, it's uh, soft hearts. It's tender hearts. Constantly shaped throughout the year in the private place to form stronger faith, love for God, and capacity for fruitfulness. And what we're going to do now is we're going to read a story in the Jesus told in the Bible to illustrate what we're talking about today. The keys to growing that strong spiritual ring for the glory of God. And I want to tell you up front what the Lord is going to teach us. Okay? What the Lord is going to teach us today is that a, a tender heart 
is the key to continual growth. Everyone read that with me, ready? A tender heart is the key to continual growth. If this is the key for today's message, this is what you have to walk away with today. A tender heart, a soft heart is the key to continual growth. Okay, everything opposite of a tender heart is what stops people from growing. And what you're going to see in the next few moments as we, as we unpack this story from Scripture, you're going to see that a tender heart is, first of all, willing to change. Okay, secondarily, it's open to new power. And thirdly, it's hungry for Jesus. So now we're going to turn to Luke chapter 5 and look at how Jesus illustrates this very important, very important, powerful lesson for all of us. This is how we grow and experience renewal. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. And I want everyone to read this with me. Okay, ready? The old is just fine, they say. One more time. The old is just fine, they say. And this is what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid from anyone here saying, the old me is just fine. The old Al Toledo is just fine. How many know he has new things for every life, every heart, every home, every marriage? But we have to have tender hearts, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time in your presence. We have been celebrating your resurrection power. And we thank you that it is by that power that we are enabled to grow day by day until we see you face to face. And Lord, no matter where we find ourselves today, God, I just celebrate you because, Lord, you can take us to a new place. There is no hindrance, oh God. Lord, there is no power, no force that can stop you, Lord, except that we would harden our hearts. And so, Lord, would you give us tender hearts? And would you give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say? Breathe upon this message in the next few moments. Lord, for the sake of your son Jesus being exalted, for the sake of your people, Lord, growing like trees and bearing fruit for your glory, we thank you for all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So what we're going to do now is look at the different um, things that make up our spiritual ring, okay? And we're going to look at how does God, over the course of a year, grow us. So the first thing that God does when he's growing something new, that new ring in our lives, is he does something new in our character. Everyone say character. Look at what Jesus says. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of old cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined 
and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. Okay, now this is obvious, but it was especially obvious in that day because a lot of people did have to make their own clothing and clothing was very uh, uh, scarce. And so um, a person's garment was a big deal back in the day. And they all understood if you get a new garment, you don't tear that garment to try to patch up an old garment. That doesn't make sense. They wouldn't be compatible. And, and every, everyone got understood that that didn't make sense, right? How many know that doesn't make sense? Now, in the New Testament, garments and clothing are representative of our character. And when the Bible talks about character, it actually talks about it like our clothing, like a garment. And I want to show you a couple of key verses here. So look at what, look at what it says in Romans 13, 14. It says, instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Put on something new. Watch, in Colossians, Paul said, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, everyone, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. In other words, these are the new things that God wants to put in to someone's character today. Tenderhearted mercy, humility in some, gentleness in others, patience and kindness. These are the things, and it's like a garment. It's like clothing. And I love the last, lastly, how Ephesians puts it. It says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Watch. Put on... Your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And so when the Bible talks about the fact, uh, when, it, when Jesus is talking about garments, Jesus was letting them know, I want to put something new on you. I want to put new clothing on you. I want to put a new garment on you. It's kind of like this. I was talking to one of the, the staff members, and about this point, they were saying, you know, my first couple weeks, uh, when I came to the church, I was talking to someone and, uh, and a curse slipped out, a doozy. And, uh, and uh, the person who brought me looked at me like, and I was like, oh snap, Lord, you gotta clean that up. You know what I mean? And, and, and so someone could have a filthy mouth, but God is able to give us, a, he puts on a new character and he cleans up our mouth. Someone can have a, a dirty mind, but he puts on the, a garment of holiness and, of, and, and there's a cleansing that takes place and, and they can have a clean mind over and over. Someone can be a grouch and angry and, and, and always upset and God can put tender mercy and kindness on them. We can, he can how many believe God wants to do something new in our character in 2018? Now, here's the way it works, okay? Here's the way it works. And I, I need to say this. See, a hard heart can be stubborn and it resists change. And we have to beware of being hard-hearted. And I, I've been praying, if this is for my own life, I've been praying this for my own life a lot, but I pray this for everyone in our church, okay? Stubbornness can, can be very 
deceptive. You see? And here's, here's where the enemy slips in and makes us stubborn without us even realizing it. I have a little bit of an illustration here. And I brought, I talk to you guys occasionally about the fact that I'm a robe guy. And I brought my robe to church today. And um, this is a new robe. I actually got this for Christmas. And can I tell you, this is the nicest robe I've ever had in my whole life. I mean, it is unbelievable. And um, I want to show you something. So every morning and at night before I go to bed, I put on this robe. And when I first got this robe during Christmas, I was really excited. And people were like, you know, I was excited because this is different than any robe I've ever had because this one has a hood. And when I put it on, the, my family was saying, wow, that's like a spa. And I was like, this ain't like a spa. This is like a prize fighter. This is like, yo, yo. You know what I'm saying? Feeling like Ali. So I wake up in the morning, I'm ready to go. I'm like, yo. You know, ready, fight the devil, you know? Like, whoo, come on. So that's right. So, but that's not the purpose of the illustration, okay? So here's the purpose of the illustration. Listen carefully, okay? Here's the purpose of the illustration. You see those verses? Here's what the verses are saying. So when God wants to do something new in your life, right? Something like, everyone repeat after me, I'm sorry. Okay? Say, uh, um, I love you. See, some of you didn't say it. You're being a little stubborn. Let's try it one more time. Okay? No, do it with me. Ready? I love you. This is a big deal because a lot of people grow up and they were never taught to say I love you. Okay? They were never taught to say I'm sorry. So listen how this works. So what the Bible says here is that when Jesus does a new thing, it's kind of like putting on a robe. It's kind of like trying something on. Is it, is it natural to you? In the beginning, no. And what the devil says is, don't say praise the Lord. You know, don't say praise God. Don't say I'm sorry. That's not who you are. That's not the way you are. That's not the way you grew up. And what you have to say is, Satan, in the name of Jesus, get thee behind me because I am new in Christ and I'm putting on I love you. I'm putting on I'm sorry. I'm putting on whatever the Lord wants me to put on and I'm going to be different in 2018. You got to put it on. You got to try it on. And it's not, it's not normal. It's not normal. But sooner or later, it'll, it'll harden in you. And it'll become exactly who you are. A humble, gentle, loving, holy man or woman of God. Because you put on the, the new character of Christ. You see, and that's the way God changes us. And a lot of times at that moment, we listen to the devil and we let him allow us to get stubborn and say, I can't change. Listen, you can change. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But you have to put it on, you see. And when the Lord does something new, he gives you a new garment. Don't try to make the old you compatible with the new Jesus version of you. How many know there's no compatibility and you need to walk away from that? 
Some people are trying to match the old with the new and it doesn't work. It just ruins everything. So that's the first thing. Here's the second thing in regards to growing. When God is growing us, he does something new. He does a new work by his spirit. He does something new by his spirit. Look at what the Bible says here. Jesus said, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. New wine must be stored in everyone new wineskins. Now, here's what a wineskin is. I want to put a, a picture up for you of what a wineskin is. It's not all that good looking, is it? But, but it doesn't matter. Here's, here's, here's what they would do when they would squeeze out a fresh batch of wine. They would put it in this, in this kind of hide. And, um, and then as, ma- as wine is maturing, there's a fermenting process. That fermenting process causes the skin, which is flexible, to expand. You see? And when that skin expands, there comes a point that it loses its elasticity. And so what is required for new wine is a new wineskin. Because the growth capacity of this particular wineskin ends with the expansion of that new wine. And what Jesus is saying is, is for you and me, this is very, very important. Because wine in the Bible is representative of the Holy Spirit and of joy. And joy can only come from the Holy Spirit. But wine in the, in the Bible talks about, is talking about the Holy Spirit. In the book of Job, he says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out new wine. The Bible, this, this theme runs all throughout the scriptures. You understand? And so there is an outpouring of the Spirit. But what, what, what Jesus is saying, and this was the problem with the Pharisees. Everyone, please listen. The next three minutes of this are so vitally important to everyone. You see? Because the Pharisees, they got to a certain place. They had the Old Testament. And they studied it. And they said, this is enough. And what God, and, 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 not, and nothing else is needed, the old is just fine. And they actually got proud in what they knew. They were more than stubborn, they were proud. And so, remember, they were literally in the presence of the Son of the Most High God, and their stubborn pride blinded them because they were not open to something new. Now imagine, brothers and sisters, imagine today Jesus wanting to do something new. Well, he already declared in his word, it's not by human might, it's not by human power, but by his what? His spirit, says the Lord. And so what this is declaring is that that we have to be open to a new outpouring of the Spirit on our lives every day, more than every year. How many know every day we need to be open to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives? And listen, this is vitally, vitally important. If there's one thing, when I think about our church, 
Okay, when I think, imagine us being the kind of people who would miss a move of God because we weren't open to the Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy on us. I can tell you this, throughout history, all of the great moves of God were great works of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be open. We need to be open to the Holy Spirit. We need to say, God, would you pour something fresh and new into my life? Vitally important. Can I tell you? This is for everyone. This is especially for people who are older in the Lord. Okay? One of my, my, my heroes of the faith is Andrew Murray. Andrew Murray uh, lived in the 1700s, I believe, 1800s. 1800s and... Um, Andrew Murray wrote more books that have impacted my life probably than any other author. He's written books on prayer. He wrote a classic on humility that I think should be read every year. Andrew Murray is like amazing, but he wrote books on child raising. He wrote books, I mean, he has such an amazing marriage. He's just so amazing to me. And I've read his books and, and uh, been so blessed. But listen to this. Andrew Murray was pastoring in South Africa. And when he was pastoring in South Africa, he was having a church service just like this one. And as the church was ending here, the youth ministry was meeting someplace else. And towards the end of the youth ministry meeting, uh, uh, a, a, a young girl, uh, African girl, but, but I wanna, the, the biography distinguishes that she was a dark-skinned girl, okay? which goes to show that wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and love and unity. Because when you think all over the world, all of the segregation, all of the division, South Africa is famous for its division, and yet where the Spirit of the Lord is, people of all walks of life mixed together. Hallelujah, children mixed together and play together. And so this little girl, at the end of the meeting, she started to pray. She raised her voice and she started to repent. And ask God for forgiveness. And as she prayed, the presence of God, the Spirit of God was poured out on the meeting. And the kids everywhere, we began to repent and weep. Some were on their faces. Some were crying tears coming down there. I mean, it was just incredible. And so the, the, the adult meeting ended. And when uh, Pastor Murray heard about it, he walks in to the, to the youth space, the youth meeting, and everybody's crying and on their faces and the presence of God is there. And he didn't really, he wasn't tender at that moment. He wasn't sensitive. And he's like, hey, stop this. Everyone, what's going on here? Stop this, stop this. And the kids, praise God, they didn't even listen to one thing he said. And then listen, this is how it goes. And then the Lord knocked on his heart and said, hey, Andrew, the doy, this is me. And then he realized, oh my goodness, this is a move of God. You see? And so listen, it doesn't, you could be 30 years, 50 years in God. If your heart gets hard, you can miss the move of the Spirit. We can't miss the move of the Spirit. We can't miss the move of the Spirit. We need to be soft and tender. No one arrives. No one arrives. We always need God to pour out something fresh and new. Even Jesus told the disciples after three years of teaching, look how important this is. 
then, then we'll, we're gonna gotta close this. Look at how important this is. After three years of walking with Jesus and teaching them, he said to them, look, I've trained you, I've taught you, but don't go out into ministry until I empower you. Some people, they get into this mindset that teaching is enough. Teaching is not enough. You understand, sermons are not enough. My sermons are not enough. They're not enough. And I know that. What is enough, when it becomes enough, is when you and I lift our hands and open our hearts and say, God, I'm desperate for you, God. God, I need you to pour out your spirit on my heart, on my life, on my family, on my children, oh God. God, I need you to do something new in me, oh God. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter where you are, God can meet you wherever you are. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's his promise, that's his promise. But we have to be soft and tender, not hard-hearted. The good news is that we don't change ourselves. We just say, God, pour out your spirit and change me, Lord. You see? And so, oh, in a moment we're gonna pray, God, would you, would you give me a new wineskin? Would you deliver me from all stubbornness and hard-heartedness? Would you just pour out your spirit upon my life, on my children? One of the things I've prayed for the most is that my children and now my grandchildren is that they would know personally the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us. Jesus, that's the way he does it. All throughout history, all throughout the Bible. That's the way he did it. And now here's the last thing. When God moves in our lives, okay, he will eventually do something new in our desires, okay? It says, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. And this is the poison. You see, this is the poison. And I was thinking, Lord, how do I... How do I articulate this particular issue here? Well, I think today is the perfect day because we've ended our fast, many of us. And for example, I, I, haven't, I haven't had a, a, a piece of, I haven't had any dessert in 21 days and a, and a bunch of other stuff. I haven't watched a thing. I haven't even read the news. I'm not proud of that, but I just felt, I, I just locked it all down. I haven't read the news in 21 days. And guess what? My life has not ended because I don't know what's going on. Amen. But I do feel closer to Jesus. And so, here's what's going to happen. We're breaking the fast today. We're going to watch the Super Bowl. And, um, and inevitably, this will happen. And whatever you, whatever you separated yourself from, watch this. Okay? When, as soon as that thing comes on, I'm telling you what's going to happen. The first time a, a commercial segment comes on, I know what's going to happen. My spirit's going to go, ah, yuck, yuck, yuck. Because it's been, it's been weeks. No junk, no junk, no junk. You see? Even, even it's funny, when you fast, you don't eat sweets. You bite into an apple, you go, oh my goodness, this thing, did they put sugar on this thing? And it's like incredible. You know Why? Because your taste buds change. As we come off of this fast, don't let the world 
pull you back into the old ways. How about we develop new taste buds for Jesus and for the glory of God instead of for the things of this world? You realize thousands of years ago, Jesus was thinking about you and me and he was speaking to us. He knew about social media. He knew about computers. He knew about, he knew about all of these things. And he was saying, listen, be sensitive. Be sensitive. Let me change your desires. You see, don't stop growing. Here's the last thing on this issue of growing, just to wrap all of it up. I have a, a little scribble here. This is Einstein's last scribble. Um, you see that? I have no idea what that means. Okay, this was, this was a scribble of quantum mechanics. Let me read this to you. We're going to close right now. As Albert Einstein lay on his deathbed, he asked only for his glasses, his writing implements, and his last equations. He knew that he was dying, yet he continued his work. In those, finals, in, the, in those final hours of his life, while fading in and out of, his, out of consciousness, he was working on what he hoped would be his greatest work of all. It was a project of monumental complexity. It was a project that he hoped would unlock the mind of God. He died continuing to work, continuing to try to grow and to develop and advance. Now I want to read Paul's final words to you that every time I read this, it profoundly touches my heart. Look at this. This is part of Paul's final words. It says, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, probably because the older you get, the more you need stuff to keep you cozy. And then listen. Uh, and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Now the scrolls and the parchments were the word of God and the spiritual writings that Paul already knew in the second Timothy, he said, hey, I'm, I'm going home to meet Jesus. But Paul already knew. And yet, even in his last moments, he was still seeking God and worshiping God and reading. I could just see him reading the Bible. And here's what I believe. I believe that the apostle Paul slipped into eternity wondering about the glory of God. He fell asleep. And then when he woke up, he woke up to the answer. How many want to wake up to that answer one day? Hallelujah! <laughs> Lift your hands to the Lord. I want to pray for a new wineskin. I want to pray for a tender heart. Come on, the Bible says unless we're like little children, little children reach to their father. Okay, today is a day to put on something new. Maybe you've never done this before. So what? Put on something new. Let's lift our hands to God and we need to pray. And if you're here and you especially battle with hard-heartedness, if you struggle with stubbornness, today is the day to say, God, give me a tender heart, oh God. I need a new wineskin in my life, oh God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God wants to do something new by his spirit. In every life, in every life, in every life, he wants to make us like trees. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Spirit, have your way. 
your power come and change me. Let your power come and change me. Come on, let this be the prayer of your heart. Let your power, everyone. Let your power come and change me. Holy Spirit, have your way. Everyone stand to your feet. Let's reach out to God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Work in me today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your power power come and change me let your power come and change me Change us, change us, change us, oh God. 
Fill us with your spirit, oh God. Transform our lives, oh God. You know what? I just feel like someone needs help today. So could you take the hand of the person next to you? We're going to pray. Come on, all across the aisles. Come on, move. Let's join together as one body. We want to be the church of the tender-hearted. We want to be tender-hearted people. We don't want to be stubborn. We want to be we want to be flexible. We want to be led by God. We want to be a flexible husband, a flexible wife, a, a flexible, a teachable teenager. We want to learn and be led by God. Hallelujah. So I want you to first pray, pray. God, give them, make us a tender-hearted people to the left, to the right. We want to be tender-hearted, oh God. Make us a tender-hearted people. God, we want to be open, oh God. Make us open to whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, however you want to grow us, oh God. Hallelujah. God, make, give us a new wineskin today. And pray, pray God, pour out your spirit on my brother. Pour out your spirit on my sister. Lord, pour out your spirit on every child behind the wall today, oh God. your spirit in this place we pray God meet every meeting oh God God when we go pour out your spirit on our kitchens Lord our living rooms and bedrooms God wherever we go to meet you God pour out your spirit when we're in the car oh God meet us on the bus meet us in the elevator meet us oh God Help us, Lord, to keep growing. Help us to keep growing in the name of Jesus. Help us to keep growing in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray. I pray, Lord, that as we go from this place today, that there would be such a hunger such an openness, such a teachability, such a desire for change, that everyone would go home and build an altar to you. Lord, lift their hands and reach out to you and experience the outpouring of the Spirit on every life. Thank you, God, for this time. Thank you for every brother and sister. God, I pray that every heart would receive the truth that you want to grow them, you want to change them, you want to transform them for your glory, oh God. All of these things happen in the private place with you. So strengthen us, strengthen our private lives as we leave this, this part of the series. God, strengthen us in the private place. Strengthen our root system. For your glory and honor and praise in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said amen come on let's put our hands together and bless God hallelujah amen 
greet one another. Hey, greet one another. Say, keep growing to somebody before you go. We hope to see you on Tuesday. God bless you.